Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. And what's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one for this Friday night. It is September 23rd, 2022. Thanks so much for being with us. Mary's off tonight. Uh, I'm here for an abbreviated version of page one. So what that means, normally when she is not here, we'll kind of flip the script a little bit. We'll do a quick news update of everything that's going on that you need to know. Uh, Also, we'll kind of go through the almanac tonight. We'll take a live look at what's trending, and uh, we'll go through our cover story tonight, which has been uh, sports-related, a lot going on with that, and then we'll have a couple of extra special things for you, including retro moments. Uh, We'll kind of scatter them throughout the show. Uh, But first, uh, among other things, let's get a quick look at what is going on in the world at this hour. Uh, One of the things that is going on is at this hour in the Ukraine, or as in Russia, uh, Russian reservists are on their way to the front lines in the Ukraine after President Vladimir Putin ordered a partial mobilization of his military reserves. But the move has not gone down well. In the hours after Putin made the announcement, thousands of Russians in cities across the country defied the country's blanket ban on unauthorized demonstrations to take onto the streets in protest. More than 1,000 were arrested according to an independent Russian monitoring group. And while the Kremlin denies any exodus is taking place, there's been clear evidence of Russians, mostly men of fighting age, clamoring to flee the country to avoid fighting in war in Ukraine. Taking a look at stories closer to home, the former senior technical advisor for the January 6th committee, Denver Riggleman, said that the White House switchboard connected a phone call to a Capitol rioter on January 6, 2021. According to Riggleman, in a quote to 60 Minutes correspondent Bill Whitaker, he states, quote, that you get a real aha moment when you see that the White House switchboard had connected to a rioter's phone while it's happening. That's a pretty big aha moment. Riggleman, an ex-military intelligence officer and former Republican congressman from Virginia, oversaw a data-driven operation for the January 6th committee pursuing phone records and other digital clues tied to the attack on the Capitol. He stopped working for the committee in April. Hurricane Fiona is expected to transform into a huge post-tropical storm and will bring hurricane-strength wind, heavy rain, and big waves to Atlantic Canada, according to meteorologists on Friday, warning that it has the potential to be one of the most severe storms in the country's history. Hurricane Fiona, which weakened a bit to a Category 3 storm, was forecast to make landfall at eastern Nova Scotia early on Saturday morning, according to the Canadian Hurricane Center, which had issued a hurricane watch over extensive coastal expanses of Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and Newfoundland. The Eye of Fiona will approach Nova Scotia late Friday and move into the Gulf of St. Lawrence by Saturday, this according to the U.S. National Hurricane Center, an advisory that they put out Friday evening. 
It will reach the Labrador Sea by late Sunday. A black male who died after a police encounter in a Denver suburb in 2019 died because he was injected with a powerful sedative after being forcibly restrained, according to an amended autopsy report, which was publicly released on Friday. Despite the finding, the manner of death of Elijah McCain, a 23-year-old massage therapist, was still listed as undetermined, according to the report. McLean was put in a neck hole and injected with ketamine after being stopped by police in Aurora for, quote, being suspicious. He was unarmed. The original autopsy report that was written soon after his death in August of 2019 did not reach a conclusion about how he died or what type of death it was, such as if it was natural, accidental, or a homicide. That was a major reason why prosecutors initially decided not to pursue charges. But a state grand jury last year indicated three officers and two paramedics on manslaughter and reckless homicide charges in McLean's death after the case drew renewed attention, killing a George Floyd in 2020. In Oak Forest, Illinois, three people were shot to death outside a suburban Chicago home on Friday, according to police and security camera footage. The person who authorities believe carried out the deadly shooting in Oak Forest, Illinois, was later found dead inside the house after a large fire that sent flames shooting through the home's roof. Officers responded to a domestic disturbance call early Friday morning to find two victims in the house's driveway and another victim in a nearby roadway. The officers pulled the victims into their vehicles and took them away from the scene. The victims were taken to hospitals and died from their wounds. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office identified the people who died Friday as Carlos Gomez, Lupe Gomez, Brianna Rodriguez, and Emilio Rodriguez. The Medical Examiner's Office didn't immediately provide additional details about the deceased. In Florida, a storm which is currently moving through the Caribbean potentially arrived in Florida as a hurricane early next week. In response to Tropical Depression 9, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis declared a state of emergency. As of Friday afternoon, the U.S. National Hurricane Center reported that Tropical Depression 9 was 430 miles southeast of Kingston, Jamaica, moving northwest at a speed of 15 miles per hour. It hit maximum sustained winds of 35 miles per hour. The NHC said that the Tropical Depression 9 could reach South Florida by Monday and bring flash flooding to the region. The BA.5 variant that dominated the summer wave of COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations has now fallen to 83.1% of new cases, according to estimates released Friday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Three rival strains, the BF.7, BA.275, and BA.4.6 variants, have now climbed to make up nearly one in five new infections nationwide, according to the federal estimates. The growth of the new variants comes at a time when reported COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations have largely slowed nationwide. And data published by the CDC late Thursday tallied only 3% of Americans living in areas of, quote, high COVID-19, where the agency urges indoor masking and other measures to curb the virus. And a little bit of sports news this evening. It has become an end of an era uh, as Roger Federer played in his final game, he teamed with Rafael Nadal uh, at the Laver Cup, and uh, he bid adieu with one last contest before he heads into retirement at 41 after a superlative career that included 20 Grand Slam titles and a statesman's role. 
He wrapped up his days as a professional tennis player with a loss in doubles alongside his longtime rival, Rafael Nadal, for Team Europe in the Labor Cup against Francis Tiafo and Jack Sock of Team World. That's a look at some of the headlines on this evening. Going into tonight's show, I can tell you, as we stated earlier, uh, we will have a quick look at what is trending. Of course, it seems that this Friday night, uh, all of the Friday night TV shows and sports are trending. Uh, As we also said, uh, the Almanac uh, for this day on this September 23rd brings us uh, close to the end of the month. Uh, As for us, just a quick programming note and just to let you know, uh, we will not be on the air next week. We'll join you a couple of weeks from tonight. If not, always stay tuned on our Twitter page at newscomment.btr. And as we said, it's the 23rd. It brings us to celebrate Bisexuality Day. It's National Checkers, Dogs, and Politics Day. It's also National Great American Pot Pie Day, National Snack Stick Day, National Teal Talk Day. It's Energized Day, which is the day after the autumn equinox. National Brave Day, which is the fourth Friday in September. It's also National Gay Men's HIV and AIDS Awareness Day and Restless Legs Awareness Day. Tomorrow brings us National Cherries Jubilee Day, National Punctuation Day. It is also National Public Lands Day, Save Your Photos Day, National Hunting and Fishing Day, National Family Health and Fitness Day USA, National Ghost Hunting Day. It's National Seat Check Saturday, National Singles Day, which is uh, the Saturday of Singles Week, September 25th. 2021. It is also what we call uh, Schwinkfelder Thanksgiving. I know if Mary was here, she would ask me what that is. I will tell you that the Schwinkfelders, and uh, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, they are the descendants of a small Protestant sect that sprang up in Germany around the time of the Reformation. Um, Pretty much, uh, it states that in 1733, a handful of the followers arrived in Philadelphia. A second group came from Germany on September 22nd, 1734. Uh, and the Thanksgiving event is the oldest continuously observed Thanksgiving event in the United States. Uh, the traditional Thanksgiving celebrated at the end of November didn't get its start until the end of the Civil War. And then on the 25th, it is Math Storytelling Day. National Comic Book Day is coming up on September 25th. National Daughters Day, National Lobster Day, it is National Open the Magic Day, National Quesadilla Day, or Dia de la Quesadilla, National Research Administrator Day, National Tune-Up Day, National Gold Star Mother's Day, and National One-Hit Wonder Day. So if you have a favorite one-hit wonder song, definitely play it on that day. And then on the 26th is National Compliance Officer Day, National Dumpling Day, National Johnny Appleseed Day, National Pancake Day, it's Shamu the Well Day, Situational Awareness Day, National Family Day. The 27th brings us National Chocolate Milk Day, Corned Beef Hash Day, Crush a Can Day, Day of Forgiveness, National Scarf Day. And then on the September 28th, which is next Wednesday, it brings us World Dense Breast Day, National Drink Beer Day. National Good Neighbor Day, National North Carolina Day, Strawberry Cream Pie Day, National Women's Health and Fitness Day, 
The 29th is National Coffee Day, Urban National Wildlife Refuge Day, VFW Day. And then we wrap up the 30th next week with National Chewing Gum Day, National Hot Mold Cider Day, National Mud Pack Day, Orange Shirt Day, and National Love People Day. So if you're looking to go to your calendar to see what is going on, those are the things that will be coming up over the next few days. Let's take one quick moment for a retro moment, and when we return, we'll take a look at what is trending on Twitter tonight, and then uh, we'll kind of get into one of the main stories that we were going to talk about this week, uh, kind of a three-fold sports uh, situation that's going on, two which were the main stories with today. But one ties into it because Twitter, or perhaps some people, are asking why this story isn't getting as much press as the other stories. We'll take a break and explain, but first you are listening to page one with LaVar Mary right here on Blog Talk Radio. You got the right one, baby. You got the right one. You got the right one, baby. You got the right one. You got the right one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Everybody. Uh-huh. Oh, time is sleeping. You got the right one. Uh-huh. There's only one right one, baby. You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. With 100% Nutrisweet. That retro moment with Ray Charles, everybody remembers that one. Uh, it is to mark Ray Charles's 92nd birthday, which would have been. Um, and, of course, he is a musical genius. We don't have to tell you about his history and the things that he has done in music history. Definitely look it up for all you kids out there. Also, a couple of things uh, post-Almanac. Um, today, actually 60 years ago this evening, When ABC aired their first color TV series, do you know what it was? It was the Jetsons. First broadcast on ABC 60 years ago today. Uh, Tomorrow marks the 45th anniversary of the Love Boat debuting on ABC. So I know for a lot of these anniversaries for shows, they're all coming up. So definitely... (laughs) There's going to be probably a lot of, and I missed it last week, and forgive me, uh, it was the 50th anniversary of MASH, which is one of my favorite shows, so I don't know how I missed that. Um, but a lot of people uh, were able to um, celebrate it online. I know Twitter doesn't forget, so I'm always appreciative that Twitter does not forget. Um, but taking a look at what is trending tonight on Twitter because it is Friday night. So of course, one of the main things that's going to be trending is WWE SmackDown, uh, which uh, just went off the air here. Uh, Also OP live, which is on reels. Key rolling loud as Nicki Minaj headlines rolling loud, New York on Friday. Uh, Garrett Cole is trending after the Yankees. Garrett Cole is ejected after calling out the umpire. Aaron Boone was also tossed. AEW Rampage is trending tonight. Love After Lockup. Uh, Apple TV is trending as a lot of people were a little upset with the fact 
that the games tonight are all on Apple TV and not on local networks. And with Aaron Judge poised to make history, um, a lot of people uh, were not happy that MLB's deal with Apple meant that many fans would not be able to see it. Uh, So that uh, was trending tonight. And James Earl Jones is trending. And thank goodness he's still with us. Uh, But James Earl Jones is retiring from the role of Darth Vader, signing over the voice rights to Lucasfilm and A1 audio company uh, Respicha, according to Vanity Fair. Uh, So that's the end of an era. And then uh, Louise Fletcher, uh, who won the Best Actress Oscar for indelible performance as Nurse Ratchet in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, died today. Uh, she was 88. Um, and if you uh, watch that, it definitely is a role uh, that sticks with you, <laughs> an iconic role. Um, and in her Oscar speech, for many of you who remember, she ended it by speaking to her deaf parents and sign language. Um so sad to hear Louise Fletcher passing away at the age of 88. And then uh, also trending tonight, um, Extreme Rules, uh, which is the WWE's upcoming pay-per-view. And also uh, trending tonight, Friday Night Lights, as it is fall, and Friday nights are for football. Uh, there are a couple of games that are actually on right now if you – are having them on and you got us on, (laughs) but thanks so much. But that is also what is trending tonight on Twitter. So quite a few things and um, it's Friday night. What can we tell you? So I want to talk tonight because one of the things that we were going to do, and there's so many different ways where you can take this, Uh, but there has been a few different sports stories especially within the last 24 hours, uh, which have garnered quite a bit of interest. And I guess you have to start back to about last week, because I want to timeline all of this for you. And I want to tell you why it is raising a lot of emotions from people. Um, We'll start first with the Brett Favre story. Um, And allegedly, and we always will use that term until you're innocent, until uh, proven guilty, is that uh, there was a lot of came out uh, in the last week or so about his involvement, um, especially after um, a key figure in an unfolding Mississippi welfare misappropriation scandal entered into a plea deal with state and federal prosecutors. And John Davis, the former director of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, entered a guilty plea for his role in a scheme that misdirected more than $70 million in welfare funds, which is earmarked to support the state's neediest residents. In exchange for the plea, he's expected to cooperate with investigators who are seeking additional indictments in the scam. Uh, His cooperation is believed to be key for state and federal prosecutors who are seeking information on those other possible individuals involved in various stages of misdirecting funds, 
And those under investigation include multiple unnamed co-conspirators with him. And Favre has come under media scrutiny for nearly $8.1 million in welfare funds that were allegedly, allegedly doled out to entities tied to the former NFL star. Of that sum, according to these reports, $1.1 million went directly to him for public speaking appearances that he allegedly didn't make, along with $5 million to the construction of a volleyball building at his alma mater, University of Southern Mississippi, and another $2 million to a pharmaceutical startup that he has been tied to as an investor. He repaid the $1.1 million for the uncompleted speaking engagements, although not the accrued interest that prosecutors sought. And his lawyer has denied that the NFL quarterback knew welfare funds were being tapped for any of his endeavors. And with that plea agreement, Davis could answer any questions for prosecutors about Favre's level of knowledge or influence and shed any light on any meetings regarding the funds that went to entities tied to him. Like I said, a lot of these allegations not proven yet. But then came two other stories in the sports world this week, which garnered a lot of attention, and rightfully so as well. Notice that I said as well. One of those stories uh, earlier in the week was the NBA announcing a punishment for the Timberwolves' Anthony Edwards. Uh, They fined him $40,000 for his use of offensive and derogatory language on social media. The discipline for the NBA comes after Edwards made a series of anti-LGBTQ comments on social media and a since-deleted video posted on Instagram. A 21-year-old could be heard calling a group of people standing outside a derogatory term. And at that point, the camera zooms in on the individuals from the inside of a car. He can also be heard saying, and quote, look what the world can come to, brah, before the video ends. The Timberwolves president expressed the organization's disappointment in Edwards and issued an apology a few days after the video surfaced. They said that we're disappointed in the language and actions Anthony Edwards displayed on social media, and the Timberwolves are committed to being an inclusive and welcoming organization for all and apologize for the offense that this has caused so many. Edwards also apologized for his actions, saying that it was, quote, unacceptable for him to use the language hurt in the video. He says that what he said was immature, hurtful, and disrespectful, and that he's incredibly sorry. It's unacceptable for him or anyone else to use that language in such a hurtful way. There's no excuse for it at all. I was raised better than that. Quick side note to that one. It's of interesting note that I ask at this point that does a fine truly, in some ways, cure the issue? We could find an athlete for what they say or things that they do. But if we just find them an amount undisclosed or public, such as 40000 which, quite frankly, is something that's a drop in the bucket for them, does it really teach the lesson that needed to be learned? And I had this conversation with a few people this week, and I was like, he could pay the money. But then after that, what happens? He makes the public apology. But you want to see some substance to the the fine or the punishment, you know, maybe perhaps some speaking engagements uh, with people in the LGBTQ community, or he has a chance to sit down and understand why the words that he used was wrong. You know, we could do and dole money out for anything, but the lesson truly isn't learned if we know that it was learned uh, from speaking with others in which you use such language. 
And then came the story late Thursday night, which delved into today, and this involving the suspension of the Boston Celtics coach uh, Ime Udoka after what was months-long investigation, and we didn't know it until it was broken. But today, the uh, Boston Celtics owner came out and said the organization's decision to suspend him for the entire 2022-2023 NBA season came after an investigation by an independent law firm uncovered multiple violations of team policies. He said that, quote, I am concerned about the situation and its impact on everybody in the Celtics organization. He says, I do hope this represents the beginning of a new chapter and a chance to turn the page and move forward with things to some extent resolved. Uh, both Grousback and the Celtics president of basketball operations said little about the specifics of the case involved or what policies that Udoka violated. Sources previously told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that he had an intimate relationship with a female member of the franchise's staff. Once again, not proven. That is a report um, that sources told Wojnarowski. The uh, Grousebeck said that once the organization had been made aware of a potential situation in the organization within the past few weeks, it hired the law firm to conduct an investigation, which concluded on Wednesday. It was at that point that the team chose to suspend Udoka for a full season, with him saying that the suspension will end on June 30th, 2023, the final day of the 2022-2023 league year. He said that it would come with a significant financial penalty and that no one besides Udoka within the organization was going to be disciplined as a result of the investigation. Other than that, however, both Grousback and Stevens offered few specifics on what transpired and how the decision came to be, nor would they discuss what it would take for him to return to the organization after his suspension ends, saying only that it would be discussed, quote, at a later date. And Stevens also declined to answer when asked whether he would be able to have contact with anyone within the organization during his suspension. Um, it is still something that is breaking. It is still something that is coming to be. But with all of these stories that have taken place, social media, from what we have seen, has been in an uproar. And the reason why they have been in an uproar is because the main sports channels, namely the big four-letter network, um, (laughs) that is uh, ESPN, really kind of skipped through the Brett Favre story and went straight to these stories within the last few weeks. And that they have not garnered as much attention to that ongoing investigation as they have these stories. And is it something that is a concern? It can be. Is it something that is equal in stories? It potentially could be. But one would hope that over time, that as that story unfolds and as each story unfolds, that ESPN, somewhere along the way on its many platforms and shows in which they discuss these things, actually starts to discuss more the implications of each story and how others are affected by it. It seems more like a wait-and-see approach. But there are a lot of people and a lot of grumbling that's going on in regards to 
just how fair coverage has been for some people and how other people who have done wrong and have it potentially affect millions of other people uh, don't seem to get the same media coverage and or uh, the same uh, tongue lashing that they would on specific shows. Unfortunately, uh, social media will carry that. The networks have their own opportunity not to. And we'll wait and see. We'll take one more good uh, break here with the Retro Mumble of the Week. Then we'll come back with a couple of fun stories to share with you here on page one with LaVar and Mary. So don't go anywhere. Weekends were made for Michelob. Weekends were made for Michelob. Have a nice one, you hear? Weekends. 52 times a year. Weekends. Don't forget, remember to pick up some beer. Bush, St. Louis. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LaVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. Welcome back to Page One with LeVar and Mary on this Friday night, September 23rd, 2022, episode number 208. Mary's off tonight. I'm here with you on an abbreviated version of Page One. Just a reminder that we will be off next week. I'll be out on the road, actually, uh, last traveling portion of the year. Uh, Two weeks from tonight, I would love to tell you what the schedule will be. Uh, Mary herself will be out on the road the following week, and then uh, that next Friday night, which I believe is, uh, and I want to get the date correct, which I think will be October, it's either 13th or 14th, but I know a lot of you are looking at a calendar right now. You're probably yelling at me, and you're giving me the correct date, and it's the 14th. Uh, We'll be with you, uh, if not uh, the following week, but... um, this is the last show for a couple of weeks, possibly, but we will see, because I'm actually looking to see if we can uh, have a special co-host in the 7th. But if it doesn't work out, we'll take that night off. You can relax, but uh, we definitely will not be with you next Friday night. So, in the meantime, if you want to find out the latest schedule and uh, things going on with this show, it's always News Comment BTR on Twitter. And we invite you to be interactive with us there or or on our Instagram page uh, where you're more than welcome to tell us how we're doing. Or if you have some ideas or suggestions about the show, definitely drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, There is quite a few stories this week that I had in advance for odds and ends. And it's one of our newer segments where – It's stories that just don't fit, but um, it kind of finds a home somewhere. 
Uh, but yeah, so for the odds and ends tonight, uh, an interesting list came out this week, and I shared it over on Twitter. And it was the top 10 online shopping sites for 2022. And if you saw the list, or even if you didn't, I'll give it to you again. But a lot of people were surprised at number six, and there was a reason why it trended. But at number 10, the top 10 online shopping sites was Kohl's.com. Number nine was Etsy.com, which I'm surprised a lot of people still do Etsy, but they do. Number eight was Walmart.com, which I was shocked that it was so low on the list. Number seven was Home Depot. Number six was a bit of a surprise for folks because it was LongJohnSilvers.com. Don't know why. And we're still trying to figure out why exactly LongJohnSilvers.com is the ahead of a Home Depot, Walmart, Etsy, and Coles. Uh, but number five on the list was BestBuy.com. Number four was Target.com. Number three was eBay. Number two was OnlyFans. So I don't think there's just guys over there. I think there's a lot of you on OnlyFans. But it goes to show the financial um, power of some guys to power OnlyFans to number two. And to show that it, even with its issues, is still a top-earning site. And number one, of course, was Amazon. Uh, I actually say that my wonderful friend Mary uh, has an Amazon addiction because <laughs> she likes shopping there. But uh, those were the top ten online shopping sites for 2022, which I'm still shocked that alongjohnsilvers.com. I, I don't know, but, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> the USDA, um, I don't know if this belongs in yay or nay, but if it looks or if it tastes like a tomato, smells like a tomato, it even looks mostly like a tomato. There's just one catch. It's purple. The USDA has approved a genetically modified purple tomato clearing the path for the unique fruit to be sold in American stores next year. According to the agency, it says from a plant pest risk perspective, this plant may be safely grown and used in breeding. The approval moves the purple tomato one step closer to widespread distribution In addition to its unique color, the purple tomato also has health benefits and a longer shelf life than garden variety red tomatoes, according to scientists. The tomato was developed by a team of scientists, including British biochemist Kathy Martin, who's a professor at the University of East Anglia, and a project leader of the John Ennis Center in Norwich, England. Martin worked on pigment production and flowers for over 20 years, uh, she told CNN, And she said, quote, I wanted to start projects where we could look and see whether there were health benefits for this particular group of pigments that drew Martin's interest are anthocyanins, which give blueberries, blackberries, and eggplants their rich blue-purple hues. With funding from a German consortium, she decided to engineer tomatoes that were rich in anthocyanins, hoping to, quote, increase the antioxidant capacity of the fruits. By comparing regular tomatoes to the endangered purple tomatoes, she would be able to easily identify whether the anthocyanins were linked to any specific health benefits. To engineer the purple tomatoes, the scientists used transcription factors from snapdragons to trigger the tomatoes to produce more anthocyanin, creating a vibrant purple color. 
Martin and her colleagues published the first results of their research in 2008 in an article in Nature Biotechnology. She said that the results were stunning. Cancer-prone mice that ate the purple tomatoes lived around 30% longer than those that ate normal tomatoes, according to the study. Martin said that there are, quote, many explanations as to why anthocyanin-enriched tomatoes may have health benefits. There are probably multiple mechanisms involved, she said. It's not like a drug where there's a single target. It's about having uh, antioxidant capacity. It also may influence the composition of the microbiome, so it's better able to deal with digestion of the nutrients. That's amazing. And, and I don't know, and I've talked to some tomato lovers this week, and I think that they are not uh, too keen yet <laughs> on eating a purple tomato. I, I don't know. That's, that's, hmm. On a yay or nay, I think that I would have to probably say right now, until it feels like the norm, probably nay. <laughs> so, yes, that is uh, what's kind of going on out there. You know, we talked about the... Uh, Queen Elizabeth this week, um, a lot of things that were going on. And one of the things that changes is actually ketchup. For 70 years on the throne, it's no surprise that the death of Britain's Queen Elizabeth II is reverberating around the world. Not even condiments are spared from being linked to Her Majesty's passing. Heinz is among hundreds of brands that must now remove certain elements from its products in wake of the Queen's death. Specifically, Heinz must change the design of its iconic ketchup bottles, which are sold in the UK, according to the Daily Mail. Uh, the current packaging contains the royal coat of arms depicting the Lion of England, Unicorn of Scotland, and a shield along with the words, By appointment to Her Majesty the Queen. Brands are only allowed to display the royal emblem under agreement for supplying goods and services to the royals, the Mirror reported. However, the agreement is now void following the Queen's death. As a result, companies that want to continue using the symbol must reapply to King Charles III, improve their products are regularly supplied to the royal household. The change only applies to Heinz products sold in the U.K. Bottles here in the U.S. display 57 varieties where the royal emblem would be featured. It's always an interesting thing to find that out. <laughs> so, yes, uh, that is pretty much all of what is going on. Uh, one quick note, one of the other things that was trending and one of the other things that was to be is word coming out this evening that the performer for next year's Super Bowl will be none other than Taylor Swift. This from rumors being as Apple TV is going to be the official sponsor of next year's Super Bowl halftime show. So for all you Swifties out there, uh, there is some good news. And uh, who knows? She may be able to bring in an audience that uh, normally does not watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. But that, as I said, dear friends, is pretty much what we're looking at here on this week. We're not going to talk. <laughs> we won't talk about the uh, Night Quill Chicken. Uh, we'll leave that until next week. Uh, but we'll have a bunch of other stories for you when we, next we meet again. Um, but in the meantime, as I stated, uh, we do welcome uh, your participation with us on Twitter at News Comment BTR. Uh, we're also over on Twitch. 
Uh, we are also over on Discord, where we hope to be very active here in the coming weeks, uh, still working out a few things uh, and scheduling. And then at that point, you will also have us over on Instagram and on our webpage, uh, which we will be getting updated here soon and have more uh, later things for you that you can enjoy. But in the meantime, dear friends, um, it for now, uh, as I said, we will be off next week. Uh, stay tuned to if we will be back two weeks from tonight. If we are not, we will definitely be back three weeks from tonight on Friday night, the 14th of October. And it is hard to believe that for now, this is the last show for the month of September, and we are going to be now in the last third of the year, which is insane. Uh, it just goes to show how fast that this year has gone. But uh, one thing is for certain is that no matter what time of the year, we are always thankful that you have been with us. We hope that you tell a friend. We hope that you are listening to our shows not only here on Blog Talk Radio, but over on iTunes or on Spotify or over on iHeartRadio, where we are. So all the platforms are there, my friends. Uh, Definitely go out, listen to it, tell a friend. And, um, hey, if there's somebody who you'd like to see stop by here or on the 411 Lounge, tag them on social media. And uh, hopefully we'll have them, and then hopefully you can hear them. Uh, But that's our goal. But until then, and until next we meet, the old clock on the wall is telling us that it's time to go. So for Mary, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for joining us. Good night, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at NewsCometBTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 